0: Welcome to the Baseline Community Church Podcast. I can uh, guarantee that none of you remember what we talked about last Mother's Day, but I do remember because I do this sort of thing. So uh, you might remember we were in a series on the book of Joshua, and we had planned out all of our sermons from like January through June, and it just so happened that on Mother's Day, we were preaching on Rahab the prostitute. So, um was not a great Mother's Day topic to talk about, and today we have another um, woman that we'll be looking at here in a moment, but, um, and this is, I just have to say this, this is my wife Nancy's first Mother's Day without any of her offspring with you, right? So the pressure is on me. (laughs) So I got the flowers from Trader Joe's, I got the cinnamon roll from Sumcrust, doing so good so far, we're going to go out to dinner with your mom later. And, um, and no cooking or cleaning all day long, right? Yes. Oh, no dishes. No dishes whatsoever. Okay. I got it. <laughs> all right. Good. Yeah. A little bit of pressure. So, uh, t- hey, today we're going to continue in our series on uh, the faces of faith, and we're going to look at a woman in the Old Testament. Her name is Hannah. And uh, you can look, find this in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1 if you want to follow along in your Bible or on your phone or whatever you would like to do. And um, I just want to remind us that we, in this series, that my, my, the way I'm thinking about faith is this. Faith is trusting in the character and promises of God. That that, that ultimately is what faith is. And, and we'll see this as we go through the scriptures, as we sing songs, we talk about this, but it is that I'm trusting in who God is and what I know of him, and also in the promises that he has made to me through his word, and, and just that he speaks to me. So in, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, the story starts with a man named um, Elkanah, and he has two wives, uh, Hannah and Paniah. And uh, Paniah had lots of children, and I don't know, I'm not sure why you would have two wives. I guess there's shows on TV about this these days, right? That why, and, and it creates this sort of tension between the wives, obviously, and and Paniah, for whatever reason, would, was, was really brutal to Hannah, who didn't have any kids. And Hannah felt really terrible and almost really depressed in many ways. Panaya did all she could to irritate Hannah. And, um, and the, the husband tried to love both wives well, in fact, really loved Hannah a lot. And they went up to a, um, they, they call it a temple in the scriptures. It's more of like, a, it, they didn't, hadn't built the temple yet, but it's a place where they worshiped God and it says this in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And here's the faith that I see in this woman. It is the faith to pray for the yearnings of your heart. The faith to pray for the yearnings that are in her heart. And it says that in bitterness of soul, and you've probably been there, you've probably have experienced that, something that's caused bitterness of soul, a difficulty that's happened in your life, a loss that you've experienced, something. But but what I like about this is that she wept much and prayed. It is okay to weep a lot. It is all right. And when you combine that with an attitude of, I'm going to bring this to the Lord, then the Lord can do amazing things. Um, just to explain this a little bit, she says that no razor will ever be used on his head. Um, I had a joke there, but I'll let it go, um, <laughs> as you might imagine. yeah. But here's what it means. Um, so it means that, A, what she's making is a Nazarite vow of for her son. And in the Jewish culture, what that means is that this um, boy and man will, will never drink any alcohol, any sort of thing like that. He will never have his hair cut, and he will never be around anything that is dead. And people make vows like this in the scriptures oftentimes. We see um, Paul make a vow like this in the New Testament, and typically they're for a time of period. It might be for 10 days, 30 days, 60 days, something like that. But Hannah is making this vow for this, if she has a son, his whole life. And there are only three people in Scripture where this is true of. It's um, Samson, this was made of him, uh, Samuel, who we will see what happens here, and then uh, John the Baptist, that those are the only ones where this is for their whole life is being this way. And as she is praying, she's praying and her lips are moving, but she's not talking. It's it's because it's something that is so deep inside of her and, and she's praying with this great emotion, and Eli, who is the um, priest in that area, sees her, and he believes that she has had too much to drink. He believes that she is drunk. So she go, he goes over and confronts her and says, why are you in the temple after drinking too much? And she says this in verse 15, not so, my Lord. I am a woman who is deeply troubled I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Again, I love that phrase there, right? Where she says, I have been pouring out my soul to the Lord. And that's what she's experienced. That out of the grief that she's experienced, after the bitterness that she's experienced, She is pouring out her soul to the Lord. Reminds me of Psalm 62, verses 5 to 8, where the psalmist writes this. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. And, and you see how this what the psalmist does here, right? The psalmist is, begins in this section, at least, about talking about who God is. He's my rock. He is my salvation. He is my fortress. And because of that, he can then pour out his soul to Him, pour out his heart to Him again. This is what faith is. And our ultimate example of one who trusts in the Father, who will, is willing to pour out his soul to the Lord, is Jesus. Right? We remember this in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's going to the cross, and he, he knows what is coming, he knows what is happening and yet he goes into that garden with his disciples and he says, Father, if there's any way you can take this from me, if there's any way that, I, that you can take this from me, that I don't have to continue on with this, take it from me. but not my will be done, but yours. Jesus was one who poured out his heart to his Father. The Lord wants us to be honest with him. He wants us to pray about the yearnings of our heart. Psalm 37, verse 4, just one verse says this Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I was thinking about that word delight. Um, you know, when you were with. Uh, just a really good friend, and it could be someone that you haven't been with for a long time, you just sit down, you have one of those two or three hour long meals and you're talking and catching up, and you go away from that, you say, you say, it was just a delight to be with them. And that's what it means here to delight ourselves in the Lord. That we just enjoy spending time with him. We just enjoy the communication and, the, and back and forth with the Lord. And the more you delight yourself in the Lord, the more your heart becomes in tune with God's heart. And then it's so... The next step is then the desires of your heart line up with the desires of God's heart. And it's obvious that he would then give that to you because you've lined yourself up with him. It all begins with delighting yourself with him. So... Hannah and her husband have a son. And they name him Samuel. And Samuel means heard of God or that God answered. It's a beautiful statement that when he was a young boy that they would say, yeah, that's Samuel. And we named him that because God heard my yearnings. God heard my prayers. He answered me. And what I'd love you to be thinking about is, what are those yearnings in your own heart? What are the God-given yearnings that are in your heart? That at times you're even, sometimes you're afraid to even share them with the Lord. But he wants us to share our yearnings and our desires with him. So um, on this Mother's Day, I wanted all of us to, to hear from a mom of our congregation and just talk about what is it like, what does her faith look like as a mom? So I'm gonna invite Judy Campbell-Smith to come on up. And Judy's just gonna share a little bit about herself and her faith and all that.
1: Thanks, Don. (laughs) Um, So my kids are five and two, so I'm a little bit of a younger mother. Um, And something that can happen a lot when you get younger mothers together or new moms is that we want to tell our story of, like, giving birth. And um, especially at, like, a baby shower, that's something that always comes up. Everyone wants to tell their story. And I think some of that is because no matter how smooth a pregnancy goes or delivery, it's never smooth. There's always something that goes unexpected. There's always worries and stresses and crazy things that happen. So don't worry, I'm not gonna tell a birthing story (laughs) right now, but just as I was thinking about this morning and what I wanted to share, I was remembering some things leading up to when I gave birth to my son and just all the crazy things that were going on. Um, So when I got pregnant, um, Jeff and I were living in San Diego And he was looking for um, youth pastor positions, ministry positions. And so he was applying for jobs in San Diego, in L.A., like everywhere in between. And we didn't know when he was going to get a job. We didn't know where it would be. So it was just there was a lot of uncertainty in, you know, what was our life going to look like? And then, um, like near the end of my third trimester, we learned we needed to move anyway because our apartment was getting like a rent hike and so we had to look around and we found somewhere but it was a one bedroom and we were in a two bedroom. So we're gonna have to downsize, uh, which is really hard to do at that point when you're also like adding in a whole nother person into your family and getting all this stuff. Um, And then the actual week of our move, um, Jeff got called in for jury duty and it was a murder trial that was going on for a full week, and he couldn't get out of it. So the very week we're moving, I'm, like, super pregnant, we're packing, he's going to court, um, and then actually one of the days that we were moving, like, a lot of our furniture, there was this torrential downpour, and it was, like, it set a record for rainfall in San Diego that day, and everything got wet, and so it was just, like, All of this is happening literally like five weeks before my due date. Like, it's craziness, not anything you want to be dealing with. Um, But it was really just a small taste of what is so true about, for me, like, being a mom, which is that, like, I'm not in control (laughs) of anything. Um, And I really like to be in control. Um, I like to plan and things like that. But it's really hard, like, to not be in control. And... Something that really helped me all through my pregnancy that encouraged me because there was so much uncertainty um, is there was a song that I just listened to over and over and sang and clung to, Um, and it's that song, Oceans. So you might know that one. It's kind of familiar, Um, and it starts out. It says, you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail, and there I find you in the mystery. In oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I just really love how the song starts and those lyrics because they just feel really honest about things that, you know, there's this possibility of failure. It feels like, you know, a swirling ocean, um, the great unknown. And I just really identified that and felt that when I was pregnant. There's just so much unknown anyway, but just, there was just so many things. We just didn't know what, you know, what was gonna happen. And um, I still feel that today, you know, I, you know, I try to plan, I try to protect my kids, I try to prepare them for, you know, their future and life, um, but I don't really control the outcomes. I don't have that much power. And even when sometimes I feel like I do, those illusions get shattered really fast um, in those moments. And... Um, We all, you know, those moments, like waking up in the middle of the night and your kid is sick and you're on Google trying to figure out like, what am I, what are these symptoms, what do I do? Um, Or when your kid throws like a massive tantrum in a public place and you just are like, wow, I can do nothing about this and everyone's looking at you and just like, wow, I don't control this. Um, Or even when, you know, I'm at the doctor and he says that our pregnancy is ending with a miscarriage. Like, there's just, I'm not in control. And that's really hard um, when you have dreams, when you have plans and hopes. Um, But that song, Oceans, like the reason why it's so encouraging to me and was so helpful that I clung to is, you know, it goes on later, the lyrics say, um, it says that, it's talking to God, you've never failed and you won't start now. And it says, "Um, take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my savior. And that's, that's for me, that's it. Just that truth that we can trust our savior. We can't trust our plans and our strength. And when things are bad, our God is near, he is present. And so for me today, um, you know, when I pray for my kids, I do pray for plans. I pray for their faith to grow. Um, I pray for their safety. I pray for their joy. You know, I pray for the outcomes I want to see for them and for our family. But lately especially, I'm also praying another prayer. Um, And this is a prayer I learned actually from our Lenten guide that came out. Um, and it just really stuck with me over these last few months with some crazy things that are out of my control, and I've just been praying it um, ever since. And it's, a, it's praying through Psalm 4610 that says, be still and know that I am God. And so many times in the last couple months, that is the prayer I'm praying, just that I can be still and know God. Um, Because that's where I'm I'm at these days with my faith as a mom. I'm trying to be still. I'm trying not to worry about the things I can't control. And I'm just trying to um, entrust my kids um, to a God that we know is trustworthy.
0: Mm. Yes. Mm. Mm. Judy, thank you. Judy is not much of a self-promoter, but I will promote her right now. She just wrote her first book uh, called A.J.'s Neighborhood, a children's book. If you haven't picked it up yet, you can on Amazon. And it's um, really great, It's a great book. Hmm. So, so Hannah is an incredible example of, of someone who had faith to pray for the yearnings of her heart. But the second part that we'll look at now is that she also is one who has faith faith to let go. And that's really hard to do, and it really lines up with what you were just talking about, Judy. You know, for the first few years of, of Samuel's life, Hannah didn't take him back up to Shiloh to the, to the temple area there. he uh, waited until, They waited until Samuel's weaned, and then probably around age three, the family makes the trip back to Shiloh, and they bring all the necessary sacrifices, and and Hannah brings her son Samuel, and they stand there before the priest. And this is the the faith of letting go that Hannah will show us. Chapter 1, verse 26, it says this. This is Hannah. As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. So I give him to the Lord. And ultimately what happens is that Hannah leaves her three-year-old there at the temple to be raised by Eli the priest. And we just want to make sure as a staff that you know that this is not what we are suggesting, (laughs) that any of you drop your three-year-olds off for myself and Ken and Kyle and Jeff to raise. Uh, That's not what this is saying at all. But it is a beautiful example of what it means to give it up to the Lord. And and it says that at the end there where it says, and he worshiped the Lord there. They're saying Samuel worshiped the Lord there, the three-year-old that a three-year-old is able to enter into worship. And and he will exhibit this deep sensitivity to the voice of the Lord. He, He becomes a place where it's a really important place in Israel's history between what they call the judges and moving into the kings. And Samuel will become kind of the final judge and he'll become a prophet and he will be the one that anoints Saul and anoints David, but he's a crucial person. And it all began because Hannah was able to share her yearnings and pray for her yearnings, but then she's also able to let go. So there's so much these days that we have to let go of, isn't there? I mean, I know a lot of people, and this is kind of the college time where you're getting back, whether you're getting into that school, and some people have had to let go of their dream school that they wanted to go to, Some people, a lot of kids in college, COVID has just totally turned it upside down and their dreams are in shambles. And all we can say in that point is, Lord, I give this to you. For some people, their career has not gone as they had hoped. And they feel like they've hit up against some sort of wall and they're looking around, they don't see much hope. For some people, their church hasn't grown as they had hoped. And they look around. For some people, it's your business maybe isn't what you had hoped it would be, and you're working as hard as you can, and yet the economic uh, times are just so difficult, and all you can say is, Lord, I give it to you. For some, your relationships aren't what you had hoped them to be. Your marriage hasn't turned out as you had hoped it would be. That as hard as you've tried, as hard as you've put time into it, it's just not working. And Lord, it's, Lord, I give it you, your finances maybe each month is just a struggle, and you're just making it, and you've done everything Dave Ramsey tells you to do, and yet it's still hard, all you can say is, Lord, I give it to you. Lord, I give it to you. I just let go, and I'll see what you want to do with it. I want to end today just by um, giving us some time to think through those two different things. What is the yearning of your heart that you need to bring before the Lord? And what is it that maybe God is calling you to just let go of and say, Lord, I will take it from here. So as Kyle and the worship band comes back up, will you just bow your heads with me for a moment? So, Lord Hannah is such a, a beautiful picture of faith. The faith of yearning and the faith of letting go. And so Lord, we each individually come before you right now, no matter what age we are, no matter what stage in life we find ourselves, but we all have yearnings and dreams. And sometimes we're even unable to bring those to you. But right now, Lord, we bring those yearnings before you. Those desires that you've put in our heart, Lord. They could be for ourselves. They could be for a child. They could be for a friend. could be for a parent, whatever it might be, Lord. But will you take our yearnings? And will you be at work? And then, Lord, there are things that are really difficult right now. Things we don't understand. Frustrations that we are feeling. And Lord, we bring those to you and we say, I let go of them. I give them to you. And again, with faith, I trust that you will be at work. Grow our faith, Lord, cause us to trust you, and help us to hold on to the promises, Lord, that you have made. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Baseline Community Church, please go to BaselineCC.com.